peace of Christ be with you. Let us begin by slowing down, by grounding ourselves with about three deep breaths that we might become more fully aware of the presence of the Spirit around us, among us, and within us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Good morning. Would you please join us for our call to worship? Praise the God of all creation. Worship the one who calls us and offers us an invitation to follow. Celebrate the presence of our loving God. Rejoice, for God is with us. Number 803, My Shepherd Will Supply My Need. But no 
Good morning again, and welcome to worship with us here at Westminster Presbyterian Church, wherever you are worshiping, however you are worshiping, whenever you are worshiping with us. We hope and pray that you feel a special connection to the Spirit and those who are worshiping with you now or before. Uh, would you join me in our community prayer? God, in you we find our deepest comfort. In you we find a salve for our wounds and rest for our weariness. Yet you are more than that. In you we find the strength to persevere and to stand in integrity. In you we find a reliable home for our trust. Help us to remain steadfast in faith even when we are tested by our struggles. Assure us that true goodness will follow us when we do what is right. Walk with us through all we encounter in this life. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountaintop and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide, your hands are our support. We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. We have knocked and are grateful that you open the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. May we learn to love you and especially to love others. Amen. For our time of discovery today, I actually want to share a song with you, and I hope uh, those of you children who are worshiping with us will join me. If we were together here in the sanctuary, I would have all of you stand up and face the congregation and sing with me. Because the song I want to share is a song we have been singing during our Sunday school lessons. We have been doing a series on the Beatitudes. We started way back in October, looking at a different Beatitude each week. We took a little break for Advent. And now this Sunday, we have reached our final session. So the Beatitudes are all about blessings, Jesus offering a blessing to all sorts of people. And so we've been thinking about both how we are blessed by God, so loved by God and filled with God's hope and grace and joy, and then also how we are a blessing in the world. And so each week we sing this song and I wanna share it with everyone. So kids, sing it with me. Adults, I'm going to sing it through once, and then I hope you'll join me the second time around. All right? Oh, how you bless us, Lord, blessing upon blessing, Lord, making us a blessing, a blessing for the world. Try it with me. Oh, how you bless us, Lord, blessing upon blessing, Lord, making us a blessing, a blessing for the world. 
So even though we are moving on now from the Beatitudes and our Sunday School lessons, I hope that that is a lesson we will always remember, how each one of us is so blessed by God, each one of us God's beloved child, and how God calls us to be a blessing to others, to share God's love and God's light with others. May it always be so. I'd like to introduce to you now Sharon and Michael Birch, who will give us a little update on how they have been doing. <laughs> happy Sunday and happy Valentine's Day. This is Sharon and Michael Birch celebrating February and Valentine's Day in particular. Our 38th anniversary was Thursday, the 11th. And last year, we had the delight of celebrating by going to the North Island of New Zealand, visiting our friends, and we came back just in time to be sheltered in place. It's hardly possible that it has been a year. And I've seen my family, what, four times in the entire time? And friends with whom we used to have dinner regularly, I've said hello to on Zoom. What a change. It has been. We live in San Rafael, not far from the uh, Terra Linda Sleepy Hollow Divide open space. So we get to hike there quite a bit and that keeps <laughs> us uh, sane and healthy. Uh, the other thing that keeps us sane is that we both sing with the Marin Oratorio. That's a hundred voice, a hundred voice chorus at the College of Marin. Uh, we meet on Zoom, of course, and we can only hear each other. We can't hear any of the other singers. We um, but our conductor beats the tempo and throws cues as if we were there in the rehearsal room with him. So we're enjoying that as well. But one of the things we have missed is the in-person chance to see each of you, say hello, find out how you're doing, how you're taking care of yourself, how you've survived this last year. And it sounds as though we might get some opportunity to be in person again in the sanctuary. Wouldn't that be nice? We're looking forward to seeing you when that's possible. And we're also looking forward to be able to sing with you again. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Stay healthy and well. We'll see you soon. As we come to our time of joys and concerns, I do invite you to share. It is important to know how we can be in prayer with and for one another. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and type your joys and concerns right into the comments section. Feel free to be in touch with us throughout the week if there is something specific that we can pray about with you. Now, I realize that today is Valentine's Day, so certainly we rejoice with those of you who are celebrating this day. But we also realize that this can be a difficult day, even a painful day for some. So we certainly hold you in prayer as well, and all of the emotions that are associated with this day. Let us now pray together. Loving God, during what can be difficult and challenging times, we thank you for the ways that you give us rest, restoring and renewing us, leading us into life-giving ways. We thank you for journeying with us through all the hills and the valleys of our lives. 
When death and evil come close, you carry us, comforting us, uplifting us with your grace. O oh God, may your goodness and compassion fill all our days as we are immersed in your life and your love forevermore. And hear us now, O oh God, as together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In deepest night, in darkest days, when harps are hung, no song we Thank you. 
we continue our series of searching for deeper understanding of some of the most familiar scripture verses with today's reading, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I read that in the King James Version, retaining that language all the way through, precisely because it is probably the most familiar rendering more familiar than the translation in the Bibles we typically use here. Familiar and comforting. You might say the 23rd Psalm is spiritual comfort food. Think of the language and how it makes you feel. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Leadeth me beside leadeth me to green pastures beside still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And then at the end, that promise that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These lines hold us precisely when we feel shaken to our core. Just as the passage we looked at a couple of weeks ago from 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage is often read at weddings, the 23rd Psalm is so often shared at funerals. And I have a colleague who was an associate pastor in a large congregation where her focus was pastoral care, and she did something like 70 or more funerals in a year, and she once remarked about reading this at virtually everyone. But like 1 Corinthians 13, the 23rd Psalm may be about more than we think. It may be about more than comfort. Or maybe better said, it may be about comfort in a deeper, in a broader sense than we've previously allowed ourselves to imagine. You see, our reading of this passage as a funeral text is a cultural one. Now, when I make that observation, it is precisely that, an observation, not a judgment or a critique. We always bring our cultural lenses, among other lenses, to the scriptures, and that's not entirely bad. It's unavoidable, among other things. And while it's true that sometimes our cultural or other lenses can pervert the meaning of scripture, it can also reveal new and rich contours that are faithful to the spirit, 
which is alive and revealing all the time to us. The problem is when we confuse our cultural lens, not recognizing it for what it is, for the absolute and singular interpretation of a particular passage. That's when it becomes limiting. Did you know that in some other cultures, this is not used as a comfort passage in a time of grief or lament at all? No, this is a victory psalm offered in celebration of an extraordinary event. The setting, in fact, if you look more deeply at its writing, is at a battle. And the, the people of God have prevailed. And God has prepared for them a table in the presence of their enemies who have to watch. The wine is flowing, the oil is running down. You might call this a celebration given by the gloating God. Now, oh, perhaps that offends our sensibilities here. God who would gloat, who would pick sides. But put yourself in the place of a people who have been pushed around, pushed aside, enslaved, exiled, forced to become refugee, abused and oppressed. And finally, finally they have won. They've prevailed over their captors. And who but the creator of the universe prepares a table in celebration of that liberation. Liberation, of course, which is always the end of the gospel. That banquet feast might feel pretty good. Okay, if we want to depersonalize it, if we can't get over the tension of that human conflict. Uh, think of it this way. When this pandemic is finally passed, God willing, will we not want to get together and celebrate with our loved ones at long last? Break bread, probably toast our loved ones for having survived this ordeal. And I was about to say together, but not together, apart. And won't that meal of togetherness finally be so sweet. It's victory. It's celebration. Now, Walter Brueggemann, Old Testament scholar, categorizes the Psalms helpfully into sort of three types. The first is orientation, Psalms of orientation. When the world seems right, things work as they're supposed to. Good behavior, faithfulness, integrity, is rewarded with good outcomes. The right way prevails, and the response is praise. Then there's psalms of, there are psalms of disorientation, when the opposite is so, as you can imagine. The righteous suffer, and the wicked seem to prevail. It's not fair. And the response is lament, crying out. And finally, there is reorientation, where having been through the time of disorientation, you are delivered into a time when the world again is restored to proper order. You emerge on the other side. All is right, and the response is gratitude and celebration. And what's interesting for the psalmist is all are occasions 
for prayer. Sometimes we think we're only supposed to pray when we're uh, in this way or that way, or we, or we say these things. But what the psalmist says is, no, all of life's occasions are occasions for prayer. So don't just pray the things you think you ought to pray. Just pray. You actually see pieces of all these three types in this very psalm. At the beginning, you have orientation. In fact, they go sort of in order. All is right. God is a good shepherd providing for the flock. Green pastures still waters. The needs are met. And then we move into this time of disorientation. The valley is the image where nothing is right or safe or well. Think of what a valley is. It's, it's dark, which makes it not safe. Uh, I, if you've ever been to Yosemite Valley, you'll know a little bit about what this is like or any of the valleys in this area. When we first went to Yosemite not too long ago, a, a neighbor said to us, now, it's going to be colder than you think because you only get a few hours of sunlight because the valley is so deep between high ridges. And not only is it dark and therefore treacherous, but there is really no way to escape if you're cornered by a predator. So if you are a flock of sheep, the image of a valley is dangerous indeed. There's nowhere to go. Disorientation. But then finally the metaphor shifts from the pastoral to the personal, and a victory has been won, and a table has been prepared in the presence of enemies, reorientation, all is well. The good guys, from the perspective of the prayer, have won. Again, it's a table of material provision. So the bookends of the psalm, the beginning and the end, are all about satisfying the physical needs of the people. starting point is they have enough, and the ending point is they are again given enough to live. The Lord knows life has its valleys, but here the psalmist bears witness to the deliverance. And all along, the message is that God wants us to be well, to have enough to eat and to drink and even to enjoy. And safety, safe shelter in which to live without fear. God wants us to be well, very physically well. We do a disservice when we just spiritualize everything about the faith. Sometimes I wonder if that's meant to keep us from wondering about the physical needs of others, but that's for another time. The mandate of the gospel is that we actually meet the needs of people because that's what God wants you ever notice that in this area of so much plenty, not only is there dramatically a contrast with those who have nothing and are around us increasingly more visible, but even among many of those who have so much, there is this sort of propensity for self-torture uh, about I assume growing out of some kind of guilt, understandable for how much many have, 
But the guilt is made manifest not in, in, in anything productive, but really just um, uh, a, a sense of, of inner torment and dissatisfaction and, and wringing of hands. And the problem is that doesn't recognize what God wants, which is for us to be well and for us to have joy, for us to have occasion to celebrate. It doesn't honor that. And if we did honor that, we maybe wouldn't have to go get so much more because we would feel the contentment of a good meal and know that that is enough. And it doesn't do anything to solve the problems that create the very disparity that drives, that is the source of so much angst for many of us. You're beating up yourself about what you have does nothing to help someone else. Maybe if you can receive the gift, you might yearn for less and create a world in which we can share more. In the end, it is a psalm about comfort. Comfort that truly matters. And lest you think it's all self-absorbed, it is actually what enables us to care for others, recognizing the fundamental value of people's material comfort. Because when we deprive them of the ability to have enough to eat and to drink and a safe place to be, we deprive them of the experience of orientation, a world that once in a while feels right. And we deprive them on the back end of reorientation, because we're all going to have valleys, but the feeling that there is hope on the other side, and sometimes it feels like someone is in your corner. It deprives them of green pastures and still waters, and of the table, and of the cup, and of the oil, and of the feast, and of the victory. It sentences them instead to an eternal life in the valley, rather than a forever home in God's house. It is a psalm about comfort, but a much farther reaching comfort than we often allow it. And in that sense, it's not a psalm simply for the time of death. It's a psalm for life. Amen. Some have been asking, in light of the recent court decision that allows religious communities to gather again, 
What will Westminster be doing? We met to discuss this very issue this week, and we determined that Westminster will continue to do what it has done all along, and that is to follow the county health recommendations. Now, it just so happens that Marin is very likely headed to a more open tier shortly, meaning we could be returning to some in-person worship at a limited capacity uh, quite soon, and that's exciting news for many of us. But we won't rush to do so just because it has become legal to do so. We'll do so when those who know more about this than we do have deemed it safe. So hang in there just a little bit longer. And again, remember our commitment to making sure that we have offerings that are available both in person and virtually as we move through a transition time that will probably go on for quite a while. Thanks again for all the ways you support this church during this time. The season of Lent begins this week with Ash Wednesday on Wednesday the 17th. We actually have three different opportunities for worship on Ash Wednesday. The first is at 9.30 a.m. We will be worshiping over Zoom. The link was emailed in the e-news. It's on our website or you can see me if you need the link to that if you'd like to join us on Zoom at 9.30. That will be broadcast simultaneously on our Facebook page if you would prefer to tune in there at 9.30. And then we will have two services here outside at Westminster. One will be at noon, one will be at four. The four o'clock service is meant specifically for families with children, although anyone can come to either service. We do request that you sign up in advance for the two outdoor in-person worship services. The Sign Up Genius link, as well as the earlier Zoom link, it was in your e-news, it's on the website, or see me. Now, a couple weeks ago in worship, Carol Kaufman shared with us some of the work that the Outreach Commission is doing. And one of those projects is a new diaper drive. Now, it's come to our attention uh, that during this pandemic time when many people are struggling financially, one of the things that has been really difficult to purchase is diapers. They're not cheap. And so every Tuesday morning from 10 to 11, someone will be here in the Westminster parking lot collecting diaper donations. And then those are taken actually to a couple different places throughout the county that can then distribute the diapers to those people who need it. Now that just so happens to be the same time, Tuesday from 10 to 11, that we're collecting bag lunches. Carol Gunn has made a wonderful partnership uh, with Marin City, um, and they distribute the bag lunches there to, to those who are in need of them. So come on by Tuesday mornings, bring your diapers, bring your bag lunches, and all will go to people who will benefit greatly from them. And then finally, I've got to show you our offering slide. Even though we aren't meeting in person, we do encourage you to continue to offer your generous donations and pledges to Westminster. They are so important to the life of the church, and we thank you for the ways that you support this church financially. Three ways to give. You can mail a check. You can give via our Give page on the website. You can text to give. Thank you. And now, 
Let us join together in our closing hymn. Number 371, New Songs of Celebration Render. receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is father and mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day.